This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Richie Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, CD Akira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar. At their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T-Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E. Check one, two. Welcome to this week's Crossing. Welcome to this week's DJ FORCEX podcast. For all their artists and... This is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the DJ FORCEX podcast, episode 28. I did that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm in a musical mood at the moment. I'm actually writing new music. Um, so yeah, uh, look forward to that. It might, I might just throw it in on the podcast once it's ready. But I'm looking for musicians. If anyone wants just a studio project, just a bit of fun. Uh, I've knocked together some ideas and stuff. I just need some musicians to sort of uh, tidy up some of my ideas and stuff. So guitarist, bassist, saxophone, whatever. Give me a shout. Info at djforcex.com. Anyway, this week I am speaking to Danny and Andy of my old band, Victorian Hordogs. Uh, I was in a band for a couple of years in the UK after Zero Cipher um, called Victorian Hordogs. Uh, kind of a doomy, sludgy, uh, heavy, heavy, stonery type sound. Um, and they've kept that going and they've got an album out called Afternoonified, which drops on, should be the day of release of this, so the 31st of March. Uh, it'll be available for digital uh, release. Uh, they've had some delay on the physical side of things with the printers, but they will have a CD available. Uh, you can pre-order that from the High Binacular Records website or the band's Bandcamp site, uh, which you get a Bandcamp, put in Victorian Hordogs. Uh, it should be the only band called that. Um, it's a pretty cool name. Anyway, uh, this week, um, actually this month actually has gone by. Thank you for all the people that downloaded the last podcast. It has been absolutely crazy. Rich Collins, fantastic guest. Um, apologies for not releasing one uh, two weeks afterwards. I had some technical issues, which are now resolved. Uh, and we're back with this one. Uh, it's a great interview. Um, I'm not going to spoil it by saying anything about it, but it was it was much fun. Much fun was had. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, this month, um, check out the new uh, Algorithm record, which is out on April the 1st. I'm going to try and get Remy in on the podcast as soon as possible to talk about that. Uh, but go to the Fixed website. Uh, if you want to buy it, you get 10% off with my code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X, uh, as the advert told you at the start of this episode. Um, also, check out the uh, Chemist record, which is already out, uh, Warrior Sound. Fantastic record. Nice bit of drum and bass and rock. Uh, They've got plenty of other good artists as well. So check them all out and uh, check out Cell Dweller recently, uh, as of today, I believe, or yesterday. Uh, he has done the soundtrack to Killer Instinct uh, Season 3 on the Xbox One, uh, which is one of my favorite games on the Xbox and the soundtrack done by him. 
just two of my favorite things together so check that out uh that'd be great and anything else uh, i'm gonna see skin dread hopefully getting them on the podcast soon as well they're coming to saint pete next month uh yeah that's about it for now uh i'm gonna let you get on because i'm babbling um let you get on with the interview so yeah enjoy welcome to this week's show i have some very special guests some very old friends of mine back in England. i have andy and danny faces and focus respectively of victorian poor dogs how are you guys doing hello hi how you doing yeah we're good man <laughs> <laughs> how are you yeah pretty good man yeah. supple supple excellent taking your cod it liver on stretching out perfectly lovely stuff lovely stuff uh so just to just to start off let's get let's get some background on you guys um for the benefit of my listeners, some of the ones that are here that haven't heard of you. Um, and yeah, go. Uh, I know um, Andy was there from the start. So if you want to start and then bring us up to today, uh, go for it. Uh, well, it was many moons ago. In fact, I never really remember what year we started. Because <laughs> uh, we were just like messing around and writing stuff in the uh, in the cabins, if you remember them. Yep. For uh, quite a while before we even like took the stage, because I'd never been in a band that played live before. The other two guys had been Steve and Adam, so we wanted to make sure we were top notch before we forced ourselves on any people in the public. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, obviously you joined us for a little bit. I, I did. Yes, I did indeed. That was then. So, uh... I'm that Barney. I'm going to interview you now. You're going to interview me. Oh, yeah. What's your What's your favourite colour? My favourite colour uh, yeah. is red. Okay, what's your favourite football? A round one. Good. Yeah, good. What's your, what's your favourite ointment? Ointment? Um, I would say calamine lotion. Ooh, saucy. Yeah, it's lovely and pink. Come on then, tell us about you joining. About me joining. Uh, okay, I joined in 2010, 2011, around that time. Um, I had just broken up from a previous relationship with a group of people. So, <laughs> and your drummer, Stephen, who will remain nameless, who will remain nameless, Stephen. Um, he he approached me at my thirtieth birthday party, of which he came to. I had a surprise party thrown for me. So this was two thousand ten. Now it all clicks in. So um, yeah, he approached me saying, uh, "You guys were looking for a singer," um, and uh, I said I'd do it. And we kind of, a couple of months after that, once I got some bits sorted, it sort of started happening. I joined you guys in a, a shed in the back garden in Guildford somewhere. And I was in that position for about two years, two and a half years, before I left jolly old England for the uh, United States of America. Uh, in that time, we played a few shows, recorded a couple of demos. And then, uh, yep, I left. And then you got you got Danny. Yeah. So if Danny, I'm, slow, I'm like I'm completely stuck on the image of Steve coming up to you at your birthday. Actually, just to go back to that, <laughs> I just imagine him floating across the room like a creepy Nosferatu. Yeah, he does that so... in many 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 lo- <laughs> many locations. So <laughs> I've got I've got an impersonation of him saying hello as well. Are you ready? Go on then. Hello. <laughs> that is that's pretty much bang on. <laughs> my, my all-time favorite thing with steve is watching him trying to be normal around people and he's somehow creepier than if he's 
trying when he's just being himself. Yes, that is that is a very true. Yeah, I've I've seen him in in what we call normal situations, and he, yeah, he it does seem creepy. <laughs> even though even though when you get to know him, he is creepy. So. <laughs> Yeah, he actually is. But when he's doing it, yeah, but yeah, when he's doing it naturally, it's like, okay, yep, he's creepy. It's fine. He's creepy. He's not gonna, you know, do anything to me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But when 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 he is putting that normal normal mentality on, you know, where where he's trying to be normal, uh, yeah, it can it it looks creepy. swear that's fine oh thank fuck for that <laughs> this is the world of bottoms pod- yes this bottom of- farts <laughs> it's the world willies of- willies my goodness <laughs> bottoms willies and front bottoms and all kinds of stuff it's um, very english here crumpets yeah, crumpets and, and- <clears throat> oh, yeah so yeah. we since then we've been uh doing as many gigs as we can get get we did a bloodstock last year which was awesome yep that was crazy and a little bit crazy and weird uh i didn't really feel like i was in my own body for the whole weekend (laughs) it was just that was weird but it was awesome at the same time yeah Yeah, i was in a perpetual state of being like am i here that was because of all the drugs well yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was me being an idiot and going hey let's try all this oh lord (laughs) Luckily, I don't do that anymore, but yeah. <laughs> cool, so Bloodlock was good, Bloodstock was good for you guys. It was, it was, the thing that was crazy about it was, like, I guess, because we, we, we'd gone through the Metal to the Masses a couple of times, and I'd been, I'd gone through the Metal to the Masses with other bands before in the past, and having never gone through before, it wasn't really, I was kind of a little bit apprehensive myself, because... I don't know, feeling like playing a festival and you've like won a battle of the bands. I wasn't quite sure how we'd be treated, but they treated us so nice there. Yeah. They just treated us like every other band that played there. There was no... I mean, we were considering like we were really just a really... In comparison, like a needle drop, t- tiny band. 
mm. around all these other massive bands playing. It was we were treated like we were just you know just any other blokes really, which is lovely. That's but yeah, if anyone if anyone doesn't know about it, Metal to the Masses is like playing the New Blood stage at the Bloodstock, which um, I think is awesome because it gives smaller bands a chance to get that festival experience, mm. and it's it really sort of fosters the uh, like the like the scene that that doesn't normally get the attention that it should do. Yeah, it's a good one as well, I think, because they don't really treat it like a battle of the bands either. It's very much kind of you play a gig as good as you possibly can as a band, show how good you are, and then I mean it goes through like a couple of heats with crowd votes and judges, and then at the end it's Simon Hall, the guy who kind of runs Milton the Masses, that kind of decides on the last band. I think sometimes he does like wild cards when he gets two bands in if there's two that's a really kind of stick out. But it doesn't feel like all the bands, especially the one we did in Reading, which has a great scene anyway, it didn't feel like everyone was, like, battling with each other. We were just all really... We were all mates who played before anyway. Yeah. Who were just playing a gig with each other. And, I mean, it, it, I mean, in the final, it kind of got kind of heated. But, I mean, for us, we were kind of, like... We decided we'd try a bit harder this time round, but we... Being, you know, English and a bit self-defeating, we were kind of like, yeah, we're not going to get through, whatever. <laughs> and then they got through every kind of heat. We're like, oh, God, we're at the final. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and that was just a really weird experience. Just, yeah. just that attitude of thinking, oh, my God, we've actually gone through. What? <laughs> yeah, the other weird experience was that that same gig. We had loads of women in the audience take their clothes off. Yeah, well, that was brilliant. Nice. So, yeah, that that was an added bonus. Without any prompting from me or any of us. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> no, he no, actually that... prompted the men to take their clothes Yeah, off. I wanted equality, but no, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind boobs, obviously, but, you know, sometimes you've got to get a bit of penis in there. Yeah, just to balance it out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stand for gender equality. I just want to see everyone naked because I'm a randy sod, really. Yeah. Get that orgy thing going again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be we'll be like orgy metal. Nice, <laughs> not like orgy the band though. No. no. <laughs> if, only, if only orgy the band had orgies on stage, how awesome would that be? Yeah, it would it would certainly uh, set them apart from uh, other bands of that ilk. So. Or if they gave out like free bargies. Oh, it's like um, bargies spelled wrong. Yeah, orgy bargies. <laughs> orgy bargies. <laughs> Oh, they just fried them on stage. <laughs> We're going very off tangent, aren't we? No, that's all right. It's all right. Um, so, uh, from from Bloodstock, what kind of exposure did that give you? A lot, to be fair. It was. Um, I think there's a couple of venues that take you a bit more seriously when you say that you've played somewhere like that. Yeah. So you've probably got some opportunities you might not have done before. Mm. But at the same time, you can't can't just sit back and relax. You've got to use the momentum and keep going. Yep. Yeah. Pushing yourself forwards. I'd say I'd say really playing it was really good for us, but I think the thing that did us the best was the fact that we stuck around in the backstage area for most of the festival when we weren't watching bands we wanted to see just networking with people, just doing like we do in any ordinary gig. Yeah. That's really I mean, realistically that's all this scene really is. It's just everyone talking and knowing each other, which what makes it so amazing, really, because like you you will go to like when we were at the backstage of Bloodstock, we'd still see people that we knew, and there was people that were like interviewing us that we knew, and it was still kind of crazy how small the scene actually is in comparison to what you think it is. Yeah. You think like, oh, it's only there's people playing all the way up in Newcastle. I'll never meet them, and then you see them at a gig, and you're like, wow, 
God, I know like people all over the country now. Yeah. But yeah, like Andy said, it is it's definitely it's what you make of it with the melt of the masses, I think. It's I mean, playing it is a great opportunity and it's an amazing thing to do, but yeah, like Andy said, you have to kind of we've had to keep kind of the ball rolling with it because we didn't want to kind of slow down, we just wanted to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that is the trick. You can't sit on something like that. You have to uh you have to keep going. It's like um it's like anything in the music industry. You, like you get signed to a label, you think that's it. You know, if it's a major label, you think, "Oh, great, I've done it." But that's when like more hard work starts because you've got to keep going because they're expe- yeah, you know they're expecting you to produce something, um, and you're kind of sitting back hoping that they will build the hype. So then you just have to go out and play shows. But yeah, when you play something like a festival like that and go through that the process you went through and built up that momentum to start with, and it kind of you know you kind of for want of a better word uh climax at the festival <laughs> uh, yeah. um, literally know, that's the only thing i could think of but uh, <laughs> um, you were sitting there thinking about it going i can't say this word but i'm gonna have to he's still a hold of at heart yeah, yeah he is yeah. but like even afterwards you know like let's keep going with this theme even afterwards you know you go for a quick cuddle but you've got to go again you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> and, just, and you've got to keep just, going he, he, you got to rest. You got to let the cramp go down, and you got to keep pounding. Yes, exactly that. It's that. It's that mentality you need, and and that's, yeah, that definitely. has moved you on to produce an album, which we'll yeah. talk about now. Which is uh, afternoonified. Is that right? Yes. Right. It's an old Victorian word, which means smart and sophisticated. Yeah, oh, very. Definitely hard. are. Yeah, we completely are. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. We're actually yeah. uh, conducting this interview wearing tuxedos. Oh, yeah, really? while doing math equations. Yeah. I was I was going to ask what you were wearing because I cannot see you. So it's mostly nothing. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> we're uh, kind of doing the interview in a spoon position. Yeah, oh, nice. And he's very warm. On a, is it <laughs> is it on a chaise long? Uh, yes. Oh, wonderful. Purple wonderful. one. <laughs> a purple one. Covered in glitter. Oh. <laughs> and there's glitter <laughs> all up in my business. Yeah, so <laughs> glitter gets everywhere. It's, uh... Oh yes, it gets everywhere. <laughs> and it stays there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't move for many months. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> so, so, right, Afternoonified. Uh, it's going to be released yeah. on the 31st of March. Is that right? Yeah. Via Hibernacular Records, which is your record label, Danny, which you set up with Steve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, we, we, Steve and I just basically started it off because we wanted a platform to release our own music and then some other people came along saying, oh, we don't really know a lot about releasing our own stuff. We kind of yeah. want a bigger platform. But as I say, it's, it's still very DIY, like, because obviously two of us are in Whore Dogs as well as in the label. It's kind of, we try to make it so every band kind of does. We don't we, we don't try and tell bands what to record, obviously, because there's no point to do that. Cause yeah. What we like, really. But it means that we don't really have a lot of pressure from labels i mean we obviously means that we still have to trump a lot of the funding ourselves but we're kind of getting to a stage now where we're being sensible enough with kind of merch sales and what we're spending money out on so that it's recouping itself cool. with using a fancy business word yes yes you have you have a business model yeah you are well, I mean, the, well i mean the thing with it is it's just like because i mean i've done as I'm sure you probably do as well, you know a lot about the music industry, like there's the big platform of being in a major record label, but at the same time, the amount of costs and debt that you get put in for getting that, yeah. realistically now, if you're not afraid to do the hard work 
and save a bit of money yourself. It's better to do it yourself, I think. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there are some bands which I've like, like we've been in contact with the label before. We've released a couple of their demos, and then they've gone off to go to bigger labels because that's what they wanted. Because maybe they're not, they don't have as much money, or they want like less planning done there, and which is perfectly fine. I have no problem with bands that feel like they should do that. But I think, from our point of view, we're quite, we're kind of the kind of band that we like to do everything ourselves. Like every one of us kind of does stuff in the band to kind of help the band along. So yeah. I think we keep it to ourselves. But then equally at the same time, having the label is kind of a good advantage because sometimes in the music industry, people would rather talk to labels. Yeah, that's very than true. bands for some reason. <laughs> yeah, they do because um, it, it kind of gives them a, um, what's the word, like a, a level uh, thought process on the actual, like if a label's speaking about a band, Rather because the yeah. band's speaking about themselves, they're going to say anything to sort of get in favour with and sort of, you know, kiss ass, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, you have that label front, you can kind of front that to them and they'll listen to you that way. Because uh, I, yeah, I found that a lot of labels don't like to speak directly to the band. They like an intermediate of a manager or a, a press agent or a lawyer or someone like that to kind of, um, you know, so, so that they know what they're what they're going to get into, what they're gauging from, and what, what they what they want. So That'll be the next stage of our band. There'll be a manager who'll turn up at practice yeah. in a tuxedo representing me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you won't talk to the rest of us. <laughs> Just have my vocals pre-recorded on a dictaphone. <laughs> <laughs> Just press his play. Will he be holding a I cricket mean, bat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to invest in a cricket bat. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it, but yeah, so we, we've done pretty much the album's been done all entirely by us. It's all DIY completely. We uh, we recorded everything at Silent Hill in Guildford, thanks to Dan's Mondays, like extremely accommodating prices, and us able to use his room. We basically built a studio in there, kind of out of all of the equipment that I was able to gather from friends that I'd borrowed off or stuff I'd had myself. What was awesome was the laptop was set up on an old toilet. Yeah, already. <laughs> Yeah, to our whole mystique. Yeah, the control room was basically an outhouse. Nice, nice. Which was awesome. Did you have any pictures or videos of this? Uh, There was a couple. I did a couple of like ones when I was kind of uh, like recording little bits, but I hadn't really got around releasing it yet. I was just doing it kind of for my own amusement, really, because I I stayed there for the entirety of like the recording process of especially drums i stayed there overnight and i think i went a little bit stir crazy because i was laid to bed for about three days in this cold rehearsal studio it's a bit loopy uh, i can imagine I'm, i remember spending many like long nights recording music in a in a barn in the middle of uh, crondall in uh out in farnham in england yeah. And uh, it was like all night recording sessions and it got really cold because it's obviously it's a barn, so it's not insulated or anything like that. So, yeah, I know exactly how that can uh, how that can go. And lots of pizza and many random conversations. And you do go home <laughs> feeling delirious. So yeah, I was living off of those one pound rustic microwavable burgers. Oh, that didn't dwell in my <laughs> that, that, that's probably still in your gut as well. You know, that. <laughs> it, probably, it probably is. It's manifested itself into a kidney stone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sponsored by Rustic Burgers. Yes. <laughs> Branding. Nice, nice. So you recorded it yourselves out in uh, out in Silent Hill, which is in Guildford as well. 
Um, and yeah, I, I listened to the, I got, got sent it yesterday, uh, and, uh, listened to it and, uh, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I, I really enjoy, <laughs> um, the tracks, uh, was it Barrington Monroe? Oh yeah. And, uh, Southern Fried Homicide. Nice. <laughs> I, I really like those tracks and, uh, obviously some of the older tracks as well that, um, I know very well. Snatch yeah. Files, Nanshag, Agacia and all that. Um, how did that sit with you, actually, out of interest? I'd love to know what your take was in listening to those songs again with a completely different spin. Um, it was actually pretty good, uh, and it was really nice to hear in in Snatch Files that one bit that was that was the bit I did, the bit I wrote, you know, where it breaks yeah, yeah. down, you know, and it was like I was listening to that, I was like, oh, they kept that awesome, you know. <laughs> but no, it was really cool because I heard the um, the the uh, fetch, the uh, the new fetch, the re released fetch version. And I really like the tracks on that, the the take you did. And obviously, I saw you guys live a couple of times. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and it, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it wasn't weird because obviously I was quite close to some of those tracks. Of course, uh, yeah. But it it was really good to hear a different spin on them, you know. And uh, yeah, no, it was really good. No, I really enjoyed the whole album. I've listened to it a couple of times since. Cool, too, man. And um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And. Uh, Hopefully it'll do well for you. And what's the response been so far? I know it's a bit early in the sort of press run of things. I know it's, you've probably got a month and a half left at this point. Yeah. Um, how's the re- reaction been so far from other places if you've had any? Well, the uh, the thing that we decided to do differently this time around was uh, Steve and I thank- very fortunately got in contact with a PR guy who's actually based in the US. Oh, really? Okay. He's called uh, Curtis Dewise of a Dewar PR. Okay. He does he does stuff for Conan. He's done quite a lot of stuff for some of the bands on our label before that have sold really well. So we decided, like, because we needed kind of the next step up from Hobo Chic, which was our last release, which it got a couple of reviews from us kind of emailing it ourselves. But what we found from this PR guy doing it with other releases we'd had was it was a... Uh, like I was saying before, the whole industry communication thing, because he's quite well known as a PR guy, has a lot of contacts. He was much quicker at getting some traction on reviews. We haven't had any uh, official reviews come through yet, but we just had a we just premiered a video for I Have Become, which has got bits of our Bloodstock footage on it. That's been premiered on the No Clean Singing website. Okay, cool. Actually, on the YouTube. Uh, on Monday because it, they wanted to keep it exclusive on the website, obviously, because it's they want to keep it for like the rest of this week. But it'll be on the Hibernacular YouTube and shared through the Hordog one as well on Monday. But that's got some really good kind of responses from it. Most because we wanted to kind of have, we had we had a lot an opportunity to get the Bloodstock footage filmed, and we thought because the sound quality was good, but it wasn't the standard that we kind of wanted to kind of show people on a video. Yeah. We thought, well, we basically got all this great professionally filmed camera footage from Bloodstock now. We can basically make a music video out of that with the songs. So we just luckily, miraculously, you guys managed to play exactly in time with the song. Enough, which was like, <laughs> wow, that's insane. Somehow we managed to do everything in time, which was awesome. But we just sort of compiled it all together and made a video out of it and, Few people have had some interesting responses from it, saying like, "Why is the singer punching himself in the face and playing with himself?" <laughs> why, why, not? why not? Why not? Yeah. You know? <laughs> we also had a really funny thing happen the other day, where there's a there's a Facebook group called uh, 
Stupid Metal Archives bands. Okay. So, uh, you know the website Metal Archives? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's basically this Facebook group someone must have made quite a few years ago where basically they share funny images and funny pictures of bands that they find on Metal Archives and everyone has a giggle about it. Someone found us with our quite now famous picture of us running through Farnham Park looking like absolute idiots. <laughs> And there's been loads of mentions. Like, we ended up sharing it on our own page because it was hilarious, just the amount of reactions it got from people. Nothing negative, just people going, what the fuck is this band? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we've always done in this band. Like, like you'd know as well. We, yeah. We've never really, like, been sour-faced or, like, super serial. Oh, it's metal. We've got to take it super serious and be super hard. It's just like, no, it's, this is really good fun. Let's just be stupid with it and have a laugh. Yeah. No, exactly. And that's, kind of like, that's where we got our name from as well, obviously, because it's an, like Brass Eye TV show. Yeah. Like, I think we kind of have, it kind of sums up our humour in the band as well to a degree. It's like funny but disturbing and weird at the same time. It is, it's the general kind of ethos around band as well anyway, because, I mean, even... Oh, ethos! I know, look at me. ethos. I mean, like, if you actually, but, I mean, actually, just thinking about it, like, Chris Morris, like the, even the, the most disturbing stuff he did with Brass Iron Jam, he still made it with a lot of love and passion. Like even though we're very a very silly band, we really really work on our songs quite yeah. hard. But it's it's just we're, we're not the kind of band that wants to stand there going fucking bird. Yeah, because we're not those type of people. I mean, I live in Farnham. <laughs> <laughs> Up until recently, when it died, I owned a four by four. I now drive a really like nearly brand. Hello. 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 You, you cut out a little bit then. Um, yeah. Oh, do we? Yeah, you cut out basically when he was about to uh, say what his new car was. And oh, it, it, went, oh, no. it went silent. So. <laughs> It'll be ever for lived in ambiguity. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Then people can wonder. That's fine. <laughs> is it a hearse? Is it a monster truck? Is it? <laughs> Either. Oh, we just it's had... two poodles pulling a small wagon. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like basically, it's like just like we're not going to try and be people that we're not because we're all pretty silly and we're all quite weird. So we're not going to try and be uber macho metalheady because we're not really those type of people. Yeah. I mean, our stage show can come across as being a little bit confrontational when. Like Andy's stamping around going macho hardcore and Adam's standing there being sexy lumberjack and I'm <laughs> masturbating in front of everyone. <laughs> but we, just, we do it all out of love. Yes. yes. Love for ourselves and love for everyone else. And, it, and, that, and that emanates from the stage. Yeah, in forms of massive gobules of cum. Yes, like that scene from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. He walks past the guy in the thing and he's... Cut my wrist and he just throws jizz in her face. That's what that that's what band practice with Steve is actually like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Watch that scene. That is. You went you went in the band when Barney was in the band and we were in a shed that was like four foot square. I would have had such a like, hard on there. You know, you see the movies uh, that are set in like Southern America where uh-huh. they they're in a prison and they get put in the sweat box. Yeah, it was like that. To, to suffer that was what band practice was that's why you left for america wasn't it <laughs> yeah I, I wanted to sweat all the time i loved it so much yeah. <laughs> i've been in this sweaty box for so long i don't know a life without sweat yes i'm gonna move to florida where it's hot all the fucking time 
Oh dear, yeah, I remember those days. They were, uh, yeah, they were sweaty, <laughs> especially especially in the in the brief summers that we had because it was such a tiny box. It was like, it was like like six by six foot, and in there was a drum kit. You, me, <laughs> the other two, and everything else, like amps and everything. And then it was just, yeah, it was very noisy. And Adam must have been the filling in that sweaty sandwich. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. And when we had, um, oh, crap, what was his name? Steve. Steve, that was it, the other guitarist, yeah. sorry. Other his, Steve. His, yeah, his other Steve, I totally, his name totally escaped me. And we had, like, five of us in there. Yeah. <laughs> at, that, then, um, at that point who's the it? guy that owned it again what was the guy's name uh i want to say nev yeah that was it neville he's he, he had like apparently one time he had like an 11 piece scar band in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must have literally been stacked on top of each other Do you imagine how most painful it must have been with those horns yeah unless they're right in your face unless they were blowing each other uh, <laughs> I kind of have this image of like a trombone slowly pushing me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Can you turn the trombone trom- down a bit? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, speaking of like silliness and comedy and things like that, you've got a couple of shows coming up. One with uh, tomorrow night, as we're recording this, uh, with yes. Necrogoblicon. Yes, yeah. who I absolutely fucking love. Um, they are um, they're fantastic. They're 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 kind of that kind of sense of humor where they, you know, they're a serious band, but they don't take themselves seriously. If you if you've yeah. have, you, have you checked them out before? I... Yeah, yeah, I, I watched a few of their videos. It's pretty pretty entertaining. I'm yeah. really looking forward to yeah. seeing them. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a laugh. Say say hello to John for me though. Uh, who, oh, I shall. Who is who is the goblin? Is John? Goblin. Oh, he's the goblin. Awesome. Yeah. His name is John. He's an insurance salesman, I think. And... That's amazing. <laughs> uh... That is the coolest thing about this band now. <laughs> and uh... it's like something crazy that Adam told me at the last band practice that I didn't realise, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Tomorrow's gig is our one hundredth gig. Really? Yeah, it's okay. crazy, isn't it? It does not feel like a hundred gigs. Has wow. he been keeping count then? He's yeah, kept, he's kept he's logs like, of every gig we've ever played. He's really, he's really laid back about a lot of things, and it's difficult to make him do anything. Yeah, but then he's really particular about really odd things. <laughs> but yeah, he, I think he keeps most of our like any any posters that go up on Facebook or events or yeah, get out. And uh, yeah, he keeps track of how many gigs we've done. He's got every list of all the gigs that you got. You played with him as well when you were in the band as yeah. well. He's got every, every gig. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I wouldn't expect that from him because, like you said, he's kind of laid back about a lot of things. But having, like, having kept count, you know, of how many shows they played in that particular band. Yeah, it's just it is crazy that we've got like it's got to a hundred gigs. Yeah, no, that's really cool though. I mean, and what a way to do it with with this particular band who, um, like I said, absolutely, they're actually coming to Tampa in uh, April, I think. So I'm gonna go see them. But um, yeah, I've been following them for a while, and uh, I love their video uh, "No One Survives," um, yeah. which is uh, that was their like big video. But their latest one, uh, "We Need a Gimmick," is really. Oh, that's cool. the one I saw. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> but that that guy in the the guy John Goblicon, yeah, yeah, uh, he joins them on stage, and he like he's like their dancer. <laughs> Amazing. See, I was um, really tempted. I've got an orc mask. 
And I was really tempted to go along with that and then challenge him. Do it. They, 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 <laughs> they, he's got his own talk show on uh, YouTube as well, if you've seen that. Okay. Uh, as the Goblin. As the Goblin. It's called Right Now with John Goblicon. And oh um, there's like two there's two episodes up at the moment on YouTube, but I go check them out. They're great. You'd love them. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, want, I don't want him to try and sell you insurance while dressed, is it? <laughs> <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> but check out the No One Survives video if you haven't checked that out yet. Um, okay, I oh, will check that one out. That that was there like that got like multi million hits. Um, that was what sort of like got them like as known as well known as they are but yeah it's it's a it's an absolutely brilliant video so i'd, I'd suggest checking that out yeah i mean it was it was, it was really nice actually because uh so like guildford's our regular haunt that we played a lot of gigs there and it was really nice was in, as opposed to kind of chasing up about the gig and kind of emailing and begging and pleading and selling our anuses to try and get on gigs yeah the promoter actually emailed us and said oh do you want to play this we're like yeah nice definitely <laughs> it was, it was um, really- Progressive, wasn't it? Progressive. I oh, know they got the. Uh, I think it's, it was the guy in the the runs of the boiler and Duncan was it that messaged us. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I, I imagine it's probably the promotion company that. I, I imagine it's probably the boiler and messaged us because probably the promotion company just said, "Oh, you get the support bands or something." Yeah. No. Fair enough. Cool. And, uh, it's Throat Punch City and Dead Reckoning. Dead yeah. Reckoning are playing with us as well, cool. which would be really cool. Cool. Are they are they are they both local bands? Throat punch, oh yeah, I, I I know they're like mates of mates. Okay. Um, but I think Dead Reckoning are from Milton Keynes. Okay. They're, uh, they're coming from yeah. Hello. Hello. No, we we actually just stopped talking there. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. We just don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, are we done now? Are we? I'm done. I'm done. Fine. <laughs> Fuck you. Good what? night. <laughs> Whatever. We're having a little singing bitch off here. Well, no, it's like two girls fighting for my attention. Are we? Oh. Are we? Are we gonna Andy, have... I love you more. It's okay. I'll have you both. Oh. <laughs> are we gonna have Twitter beef? Oh, twits beef. <laughs> Twit beef. Because I, I, I would prefer twit pork. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want any beef. I have had my burger today. Yes. I've had enough. And it was medium rare. A little bit, oh, no. was, little bit it, of it blood. Burger King, so I think you died. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> sponsored by Burger King. So it was cardboard oh, yeah, and was dog food cardboard. mixed in <laughs> a mush of oatmeal and uh, salt. Lots of salt. And sadness. <laughs> yeah, tears. Yeah, it's the tears. That's where they get the salt from. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So... <laughs> you just self-edited. It was great. Yeah, I just, I just stopped myself from <laughs> You could have kept going. You could have kept going. This is uh, podcasting. No, I, I, I really couldn't have. <laughs> As I say, if you had Steve on here, we'd just be, if I had to edit, it would just be like, just white noise. <laughs> One of the, uh, and what do you think, Steve? <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's, a really? brilliant moment, there's a brilliant moment in Bloodstock where we took him into the press tent. Yeah. He was wearing his like leather bondage dog mask thing that he's bought. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking to some guy and, Steve was totally in character and was going off on one about um, what was it, Crufts? Yeah, he was talking about the the unfair discrimination of a red setter, yeah, of a red setter at Crufts. The guy that was interviewing us was starting to look a little bit freaked out. Yeah, it was amazing. Is that interview online? Did it make it online? 
I don't know. We haven't didn't find it. I have to I, look for it. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bet, I, I bet none of the video ones we had ever got anywhere. They just looked at it and went, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a funny thing on the uh, the backstage uh, Bloodstock thing. They were doing like a... I, think, I can't remember the name of the film company, but the, the internal film company, Bloodstock. Yeah. They were doing like a compilation thing of like all the bands shouting, Bloodstock at the start and... Myself and Bones, the beard from the band Marassa Molasses, did uh-huh. one. We sort of, we took it a bit too seriously, and as opposed to just, they, they said to us, just scream Bloodstock in front of the camera and look really metal. So instead, we kind of like started screaming, and then I began dry humping him, and then got him on the floor. And <laughs> it's all very, very gay and very lovely. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go through and see if I can find that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love Bones. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really helped us out over the years. Like, yeah, uh, from the early gigs doing uh, doing Fleet. Do you remember the the community center in Fleet? I do, I do. Yeah, they were actually surprisingly really fun gigs. They were. They the were. There was, there there was mental. Pretty much blood and everything in those shows, wasn't there? So. <laughs> oh man, I wish I, I wish there was blood at the gigs. There was a mosh pit in front of a vending machine, and someone nearly went through the vending machine. Yeah, man, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so we're go- we're we're doing uh, April is gonna be really busy for us because we're kind of doing doing a lot of dates with Morass and Molasses because as we as we got our album coming out on March the thirty first, they've been recording their album, but they I don't think they're gonna release it in that time. I think they're gonna do like a music video kind of thing, but yeah. they've been they've spent a lot of time on their album, and I think they're they're planning to do like a big vinyl release and stuff. So okay, it's probably gonna be out a bit later in the year, but we're pretty much. Because obviously the kind of bands that we are, we're not really at the stage where we can kind of play midweek gigs and do kind of long full week tours because yeah. people you can't really bring the people. That's the problem because most people don't really want to go out on the school night if they can afford it. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. It, I mean, it's too much travelling and people got to get up early, which we completely understand. So what we've kind of done is from the end of March right through till the end of April, we are doing pretty much every long weekend with a few extra Thursdays in. So we're just doing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Cool. Doing them all over the place. So we've got like one with Bones and Morass and then that's kind of running up until the 10th. Then from the... Oh, I can't remember what it is. Doesn't matter. The week after that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. There's a weekend that we're doing a tour, like a little sort of mini tour with Tides of Sulphur and Greenhorn. Yeah, who are really good mates. And then any time we're not doing that, we're out with Morass and Molasses, so... Yeah, and any other time we're not doing that, we're vigorously fellatioing each other. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Let's get that, that, that locking jaw. Yeah, um, I, I'm always the one with locked jaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I've got the more, like, more robust and supple tongue. <laughs> and... You get it done quick. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve's is like sand, sandpaper, and Adam's too much of a pussy to take in the head. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, all, he's all about giving; he's never about receiving. Oh, yeah. I, I'm making it my mission to try and <laughs> kind of start this rumor that Adam's like this incredible lumbersexual because he keeps getting hit on by gay men at gigs. <laughs> he's like seriously. He's, on, he's got a massive gay following. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> They've got these real kind of there's these people that they're latching onto him because I mean to be fair he's a good looking guy he really is. <laughs> it's like a modern day Wurzel or gummage. <laughs> Does he enjoy his cup of tea and slice of cake? <laughs> I totally imagine he was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, out of his land rover. 
after a long day of working on tractors. <laughs> does he still have his? Does he have a Land Rover then? Not the uh, the rapey van. Now he's got a land. He's got a like falling apart old Land Rover now. Oh, okay. Yeah, the van went ages ago. Yeah, oh, you can hear his Land Rover pulling up from about three miles before <laughs> it gets there. <laughs> there was this. What was the car he was borrowing for a while? Where um, his he had to keep refilling the brake fluid because it was leaking. Oh yeah, we were we were doing a gig down in Worthing. We drove past him at the side of the road, and we're like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> and he just had to go round the roundabout doing 70 because his brake fluid just ran out and just couldn't stop fucking hell <laughs> cool so you like i say you got those 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 shows lined up um is there anything else brewing that you can uh talk to us about or is it just pretty much what's there we're hopefully gonna get a video done for just after when we release the album like a proper one with a story to it. It's going to be epic. Yeah, we, we've we've met a really cool, uh, uh, I suppose, video man, video man, film photographer, something like <laughs> that. Video he makes a, he makes some moving pictures on the TV that yes. you can see, and then it's like yeah. real people, but they're in a box. Yeah, you like watch them on like YouTube and stuff, and it's like they're really there, but then you're not there, so you're not lonely. Is it a talkie? <laughs> It'll be a talkie. Not one of those silent movies with just piano. <laughs> we'll, we'll just sort of we'll sit there and we'll sort of do all of the riffs a cappello and I'll just sort of speak to them in a very soft voice. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very us. Let's yeah. leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, we can't obviously we don't want to give anything away, but it's gonna be silly. So that's hopefully if everything goes to plan, going to come out just after the album actually drops, or kind of a little bit after. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be like a proper like storyboarded official video and stuff because as nice as the Bloodstone one is and it was really good to have it because we could kind of show off that we were able to kind of be there yeah we want to do an official one as well anyway because we've always had all these ideas yes you in particular you yeah. know loads we've of ideas our band's got quite a vivid imagination as you yes, know i know yeah <laughs> <Should be rehearsing>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what what track's that going to be for have you got that planned or are you just going to keep that i actually thought that far we've just decided that we're Gonna make this video. I it was, was going to be for Captain Kirk, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, Captain Kirk. It was going to be for Captain Kirk. Was my favourite stormtrooper. <laughs> I love those titles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's us. <laughs> um, we've been writing. We're, we're on a pretty good roll for writing stuff at the moment as well. So I guess we've got like six or seven songs that we've been yeah, on the album. Six, yeah, we got. There was a few that we couldn't, we didn't manage to record because we didn't have enough time and some yeah. bits weren't really finished. But like we, we've got yeah, probably about six or seven songs plus the ones we've been writing at the moment, which I'm probably going to either do a couple on a split with another band or do another album hopefully. Yeah, because I think we're kind of, I think our general consensus may be that we kind of we want to stop doing EPs because albums are a little bit more. Well, for one, they're more cost-effective, and you can kind of put a bit more effort into putting all the songs in there. EPs are kind of good for tasters and stuff yeah. like that. Now, when you don't really have enough material, but you want to put stuff out and get your name around, but yeah, kind of enough stuff released and out there now, especially once I the think, album's out. Yeah, I think it's more that we just feel that an album, doing another album rather than an EP is quite doable at the moment. Yeah, We're kind of in a good space, so we're going to keep keep plugging away at that. That's cool. I mean, that's um, it's different from a lot of uh, bands I've spoken to recently, um, who are kind of falling on the, or not falling on it, but they're doing quite well from it in releasing not EPs, but releasing a couple of tracks every couple of months. Um, yeah. Just for people to chew on. It's like with with the sort of generation of music 
um, listeners out there keeping like content regularly coming out um, rather than in a um, like an album format where they like a couple of singles album and then two years later a couple of singles album um, a lot of them are going like a couple of tracks every two three months and yeah I think it I think it, it's a, it can be good but it's very it's a very easy to kind of from my opinion it could be quite easy to kind of overdo it and kind of almost flood your fan base if you're kind of doing that a bit too often i mean for us i mean in the kind of sludgy doom sort of scene that we're kind of attached to yeah there's still quite a big hark into like a lot of physicals like people still buy vinyl yeah and tapes. so there's still kind of that kind of old school mentality even with a lot of the younger fans are kind of they're wanting the physical album they're wanting kind of everything all in one big package yeah but it's, it's not something we've never like kind of shied away from but i think i guess from our point of view we'd rather kind of have everything contained in one yeah and then kind of promote it all properly yeah. you know what it's like so easy these days to not have an attention span yeah. just get a fucking attention span get an album <laughs> listen listen to a whole album it's not hard it's like everyone's pandering to people that want like 15 seconds of like entertainment it's like eventually bands aren't even going to bring out whole songs. They'll be like, "Here's 30 seconds of a song." <laughs> so, but it's bad. Like, it's all right if it's a grind band because that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a prog song for a grind band. <laughs> 15 <laughs> seconds, Jesus. I mean, like it's like bands that now release like official teasers to their official trailer for their album. Yeah, it's, it's like, like really, you've done three gigs in the last three years. <laughs> Why are you teasing something? No one cares. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, are, are you guys going to do a lyric video? <laughs> No, if we do, if we do, it would be awful. We were thinking about it, but we were going to do like a really awful one. Yeah, yeah you should do like yeah. like the old style karaoke one with the bouncing ball. Oh, oh yeah, and just, just some oh. like random granny with like the multicolored background dancing along to it or something. I just film uh, Stephen <laughs> making loom bands. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. length of the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or we could just like intercut it with terrible scenes of death from Disney. <laughs> have Mufasa's death on loop. This is how Nemo's mother Everyone died. cry. <laughs> this has gone off on such a tangent. I love it. That's good. It's all good. It's all good. All right, we're going to do a couple more uh, questions, then we're going to wrap things up. Uh, I'm going to ask you both this question: uh, your three top albums that kind of define you as a musician or a person, oh, even. You first. No, you first. No, you first. Uh, Ladies first. I don't even. I don't ever have like top albums, really. You got. Have a, you got to have an album that, that def- like at one point you were like, "Fuck, that's a great album." And it's okay. Stuck with uh, album. Vision of Disorder imprint. Okay, cool. Because it's ridiculously good. Have you heard their new one? I haven't. Is it good? Yeah. Is it? Is it better than the last one? Yes. Okay. I, was... I don't want any beef from Vision of Disorder now. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, seriously, they're they... big and scary. <laughs> but Imprint really hit me at the right moment. I was just, at that time, I was just getting into hardcore. Yeah. And it's so aggressive and there's so much passion behind it. Yeah. It's like, what is not to like about that CD? Yeah. Are you like, going to go? Every moment on that is just brilliant. Are you going to go watch them? They're playing in the UK soon. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to. I don't really get to like that. This is awful, but I don't really get to live gigs much anymore. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, because most of my time is spent playing them. Uh, um, they're, they're playing at the, is it Tufnell Green Dome? Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Um, nearest. Go on, you can do one now. Well, I suppose if we're talking about ones that kind of come in in your life and you're like, yeah, I'd say Tomb of the Mutilated by Cannibal Corpse. Cool. That was like that album for me. It was kind of the first death metal album I ever got when I was really young. I was like, I was 14 and somehow I managed to buy it over the counter at HMV. <laughs> and I remember, because obviously, I mean, if, if anyone's not seen the cover, the cover is of two lesbian zombies one of them with his torso missing being licked out by the other next to a gravestone. It's awesome. But obviously my school would never let me bring it in, so I used to hide it in a Snoop Dogg CD case. <laughs> so everyone used to think I was listening to Snoop Dogg when I actually listened to this blisteringly heavy death metal. And it was the kind of... Because before that, I, obviously I'm a, lot, I'm a bit younger than the rest of the band, so I kind of... My first entrance into like heavy music before I found Cannibal Corpse was like... Linkin Park and Slipknot and bands like that, which I mean, I, I still listen to Slipknot on occasion, some of the older Linkin Park stuff. But the thing I liked about Slipknot was they were kind of like, oh, go and listen to these other bands, and I kind of found Cannibal Corpse through that recommendation, and then yeah. it all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it flipped that switch. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, oh my god, this is like the brutal, angry stuff I need. And for a while, I was obsessed with death metal. And then it kind of branched out. Well, you do another one. Uh, every album ever by Will Haven. Okay. Because <laughs> everyone. I don't think that counts. <laughs> it does. It's <laughs> best stop. We might just, have oh, one. just burn them all onto one CD. <laughs> There's <laughs> no CD big enough. <laughs> um, basically, because they kind of did. Like when I first heard them, I'd never really been exposed to like shouty music before, and I didn't like it. I had to come back to it like a couple of years later once I understood the genre a bit more. I was a bit older. But um, it's kind of like, you know how, like, around punk, like the punk era, so many people saw sort of like, it's achievable, you can make this music. It's not, I don't want to say it's not that hard, because that makes it sound really bad, but their riffs are quite simple, but they're still amazing, and, like, the composition is great, and it's, again, it's full of, passion but but it's achievable if that makes sense yeah yeah so they, that really sort of made me think maybe i could do this and yeah just everything they do is just absolutely golden cool uh, and they've had a big impact on the band obviously oh, well. yeah, yeah no i remember <laughs> we, we, we did a song i remember oh what we did we covered one yeah we did uh it was either fisk or lab coats i think i think it was fisk I yeah. thought it was Saga. No, it was something off the, third, off the uh, self-titled one. Well, oh, yeah, because that was in Drop D, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, second one. Uh, I'd probably say uh, In Absence of Truth by Isis was okay. a one for me because before I'd started listening to like bands like Neurosis and kind of the more stoner, sludgier, doom sort of stuff. I wasn't really, as I say, I was really into my death metal and I was really into it being brutal and fast and heavy and urgh. Mm. And then I sort of started to listen to some more. I'd always kind of had 70s prog kind of in the background because my dad was a massive 70s prog fan. I was hearing all this sort of stuff on vinyl. And then Isis kind of came along with that album. I'd sort of heard about them, but I'd never really listened to them. And I heard the song Holy Tears, which was just this 
it was this mixture of just groovy, heavy, with really harsh vocals, and it's really beautiful, clean sections, and really sort of drone and atmospheric, and that, that album, really, I listened to that album so much. So that's a really, that's another big one for me, because it was kind of a real mixture of really beautiful sounds mixed with really heavy sounds as well. Cool. Your third one? Uh, maybe not an album, but a track that has always been awesome for me is uh, Liar by Henry Rollins. Cool. Like the first time I ever heard that was on an episode of Beavs and Butthead. I've not ever heard anything like that before, and I was just like, that is amazing. Cool. And it's, it really it holds up to this day, that, that track is awesome. We listen to it on the way to band practice quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good track, that one. Just Henry Henry Rollins in general, just such an incredible man. <laughs> yeah, I've been fortunate enough to see his like spoken word live. Which so was, jealous. Which was really good. I travelled into London and one of the theatres there. Um it was really good. Um and I do enjoy some of like the Rollins band and uh some of his like uh is it Black Flag and things like that. Cool. And your <laughs> third one, Danny. I uh, first first one that popped into my head, which I'm really thinking probably hits the most. Is Cold probably, Chamber, yeah, Cold, <laughs> Cold Chamber self-titled platinum yes. edition album. <laughs> no, I mean I, I I don't mind Cold Chamber, but they're not in my top one hundred. <laughs> oh no, I'm not gonna get Cold Chamber twenty. <laughs> don't hurt me, Des. I love you. I don't, but please don't. No, I'd say um, I'd probably say uh, Smear Campaign by. Napalm Death. Cool. It, because I'd listened to Napalm Death for a long time and I really was into kind of the grindcore stuff because I got into it from death metal. And uh, then Smear Campaign came out and it was just suddenly like, they're groovy now. Oh God, they're, they're groove. Oh my God, this is heavy. <laughs> and that song, when all is said and done, which means you blast a lot yeah. in the car, it's just like, oh, it's just this perfect blend of relentless grindcore and just the sludgy, groovy riffs and I could listen to Barney Greenway shout forever. His voice is incredible. Mm. Like an angry Doberman being pushed <laughs> It's amazing. Cool. Well, those those are all really good albums and track as well. Um, <laughs> Breaking the rules. <laughs> Breaking the rules, man. All right. Now, now this this one, uh, this one going, I go off on a tangent as well. But uh, what are your hobbies away from music? Oh, my word. Well, well, was, did well, you did you like ask that to like completely expose us as horrible geeks? I ask everyone. I expose you as a horrible geek. I, You're just you used to play magic, dude. Dude, I love magic again. <laughs> stop, hate, stop hating on, on my mana taps, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just because you activated my trap card. <laughs> um, so I do a lot of video gaming. I do LARP, live action role play, which is just running around in the field dressed up hitting people with rubber weapons. Pretending nice. to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious fun. It is good fun. I've done that a couple of times. Uh, it is good fun. I do a bunch of, like, tabletop stuff. Yeah. Cool. Like, a bowl is my ultimate game. Yeah, and you've got a blog, haven't you, as well? Yeah, I've got a... Bye. You want, you want Stop ruining my street cred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Street cred. You want I can't listen to this band anymore. He's got a blog. What a yeah. pretentious cunt. <laughs> Dizzy, hey, hey. Dizzy Rascal is never going to call me again. <laughs> oh my god, he wants to express his feelings in the form of text. <laughs> <laughs> the horror. Well, I know your blog is about Blood Bowl. 
So it, it's mostly about blood mostly bowl, about yeah. blood bowl. So did you want to plug that? Maybe get some people. No, no? all right. Plug the blog. <laughs> I'll, 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 don't, I will do a, it. I will do it. There was a there was an <laughs> awesome uh, like linked through a blood bowl page the other day. This awesome like band that are kind of like based on orcs called the Goth Rockers. <laughs> And I, I kind of want to do a got like an orc band. <laughs> sure, that'd be awesome. It's kind of like thrashy punk stuff, and it, I kind of liked it. Okay. Cool. Um, go on, Danny. What do you do? What do I do in my spare time? Uh, masturbate a lot. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I mean I, I'm kind of, I, I've, I've done a lot of kind of different hobbies in the past, like I've. I've done a lot of, I've done some LARPing, I've done, I do tabletop stuff, I've done some, um, I've done like Dungeons and Dragons and play like role-playing games, because I'm a nerd, <laughs> but my, uh, I'm just, I'm just a complete music fanatic, I'm just sort of consuming and writing music all the time, um, like, I always listen, I'm listening to a new album near enough every day, and I'm just trying to, I create music near enough every day, I mean, I write a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I write that never gets used, but I love writing. I just keep writing stuff all the time. Uh, I read a lot. Um, God, this sounds like a dating profile website. I have exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, to Match.com. <laughs> Sponsors of the DJ Sponsor. 4 po- podcast. <laughs> May I just say, that's a smashing blouse you have on. <laughs> you get 10% off if you use my, uh, my, my coupon code. Oh, wow. What, what, what do we have to type in, Barney? For sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's like completely straight to the point then. Yeah. I love the pop-ups you get on porno where it's like, try this before you wank. All these hot <laughs> mums are gagging for it. <laughs> They're like my favourite adverts. It's just so blunt and to the point. I wish those adverts would be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got, uh, yeah. what have we got? There's a dating site we have here called uh, Cougar Life. And oh, is that it, specifically it, for older women? It's yeah. It's basically it's fronted by older women who um like are wanting younger men, and it, it's literally like this woman on this advert going oh yeah, and telling the boys what to do and like paying <laughs> for his drinks and things like that. And it was just like it was really fucking I'm weird. Moving to the states, yeah. And yeah. she like breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera, and goes, "I'm going to destroy the fuck out of him later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break his pretty little balls." <laughs> I'm gonna have to wheel him back to his family in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Put him back together and refill him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So other than rigorously masturbating, trying to get with older women, and petting my dog, <laughs> hopefully not yeah, at I the same it's... time. Yeah, all at the same time. <laughs> Vigorously masturbating on a cougar with my dog. <laughs> RSPCA will be on the phone tomorrow. We're going to get so many angry tweets. <laughs> so, so many. It's going to break down from all the hate we get. Could be worse. It could be Kanye. Oh my God, Kanye oh, He could be. But, you know, he's in a lot of debt. He's in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just like to publicly say that all the proceedings that we get from our album will... 100% go to not funding Kanye West. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently we're white and we're not allowed to talk to about him or to him. No. no. recently said. <laughs> yeah. Can't talk to him, can't talk about him. No white publications can talk about Kanye West anymore. Wow. 
because I don't know. We're horrible people, apparently. Yes, we're awful, awful people. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm, I'm completely horrible. I am. We're privileged. That's horrible. Yeah, you live. You live in Surrey. Oh yes, I checked my privilege earlier. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Two letters away from sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Thank you. <laughs> every, every one of your American listeners will be like, they're all saying these weird words. <laughs> I get it all the time at work. Uh, they, they, in fact, they encourage it. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Last question. Last question. Where can people find you online? everywhere all over the place the facebook deep, the deep web we have a facebook like all good bands these days yeah of course we have facebook we have twitter we have Bandcamp. we have instagram we have youtube we're on Pornhub. and what yeah. what are the uh <laughs> what are, sorry what are the um the usernames for that like facebook.com uh, forward slash bwd band bwd band is that all of them same thing uh, if you search on Instagram for Victorian Whore Dogs, I'm pretty sure you'll find it pretty yeah. easily. There's no uh-huh. one stupid enough to have the name Victorian Whore Dogs other than us, so yeah. we're pretty easy to find. Yeah. Okay, There's, cool. I think we're Whore Dogs on Twitter. Oh, we don't remember this stuff. What yeah, are you playing we, at? We don't, we don't know these things. But th- this is getting released on social media, so I need to link you to it so you can <laughs> like it. Media <laughs> socials. So, I can li- so people can like it and people can and share it and 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 all things because i've got sponsors for this show so hey you know wow. you're your sponsors i am actually sponsored who are you sponsored by <laughs> a record label called fixed oh cool uh they they are based out here in the states they release sort of uh electronic rock <laughs> hybrid like music uh, yeah they've just signed the algorithm you've heard of them oh nice cool uh they've got uh seething akira as well who you just play with at um festival you just played at oh the uh one down in portsmouth yeah the ice is it icebreaker yeah 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 that was actually a really good festival yeah it yeah. was it was good fun uh seething akira they just signed to them and i got the exclusive on my show so <laughs> nice. which was cool um and they've got like cell dweller blue starly uh a guy called richie nicks they're all kind of like electronic hybrid um you know that that kind of sound so like kind of like a pendulum and prodigy and things like that. Yeah, pitch shifter. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah, so uh, they 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 sponsor my show, so um, we have that. But they are a gr- they are a great label. I would like to express my love for them <laughs> entirely. So, uh, do you actually have a website website, or is it just your like social medias? Yeah, we haven't really worried about doing a website, to be honest. No, we've got we've got our band camps for downloads and physical copies of our music. We've got our big cartel for t-shirts there's also the label website as well which is www.hibernacularrecords.com okay. he remember that one doesn't he that's because yeah. i pay for it <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but i mean for, for whore dogs it's kind of the best way to keep in touch with us really is our facebook is the thing we use the most cool because it's kind of the best kind of platform for us we can promote gigs that we're doing i mean we, we use our twitter a fair amount but we probably should use it a bit more yeah but, I mean, Facebook's kind of, it's kind of the big, easy platform for us to kind of promote everything and get everything shared around. And everyone's on it 24-7, so. Yeah. Yeah. So our Twitter is at Hordogs. At Hordogs. Yeah, I've just looked it up. <laughs> at Hordogs. And is that active? 
Yes. It is active. Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think it is. Put the thing on the Twitters. The thing on the Twitters. Push Twitter. the thing on the Twitters. That's you need to tweet. Tweet, tweet, tweet it's away. But yes, so um, this is going to come out after your Necrogoblagon show. So good luck with that. I hope it goes well. Uh, are, are, you doing, are, you do, are you doing a launch show or anything like that? Yeah, kind of. We're um, we're doing a show at the Face Bar in Reading on April the 1st. Yeah, which is where we conveniently got thrown the metal to the masses last year. Yeah. Uh, nicely enough, because it's, again, on tie with the Morass of Alasses and Bones. He's booked the gig because he puts on gigs there quite regularly now for his uh, Swamp and Wicked Boy Promotions companies. Yeah. So... <laughs> he's decided for this one because a fair few of the other shows we're kind of we're kind of below them on the bill because some of them are kind of places that he's got the gigs like we're kind of swapping them around each other because it's not really it's like a co not really headlining thing this gives a co-tour so we're kind of sharing where we are on the bill yeah nicely for this one he's got us headlining it so that's going to kind of be an unofficial album launch type thing because yeah. obviously we'll have them there so it'll be like yay we've got a really good crowd in Reading they're, they're really they really go for us for some reason yeah, yeah they're brilliant it's like we've got like a second home there in Reading they're, love, they're great guys we know a lot of them really well they absolutely love our stuff so cool seems cool. kind of like makes a lot of sense because the last for Hobo Chic we did something in Guildford which was really good but uh, for this time we didn't really we want to kind of do something in the place that actually got us into Bloodstock and kind of try and have bit of fun with them cool well that sounds good guys so uh yeah thank you for doing this it's been fun thank you, thank um, you. yeah no worries it's uh it's all good so uh, yeah good luck with the album um <clears throat> i'll be uh keeping an eye on how it does for you and all that kind of stuff so when you, got... you coming over next sorry when are you coming over next uh i don't know um i really ran out of la- time last time it was yeah. just it wasn't long enough do some shouting with us again. Yeah, come on stage with us. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Obviously, if, if I'm back when there's something going on, I'll come along and see if I can remember anything <laughs> from, <laughs> from that bit. But yeah, no, that sounds good. So um, yeah, no, thank you again, guys. And uh, I'll let you know, obviously, when this goes up. Um, awesome. All right, cool. Well, um, yeah, take it easy, guys. And uh, yeah, good luck with the album. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, dude. Nice Cheers, to talk buddy. to you again. Yeah, it was nice to speak to you guys as well. Have a good one. You too, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. So, there we have it. We're at the end of another podcast. Sorry, in a singing mood again. Uh, so, yeah, that was Andy and Danny. Uh, Victorian Hordogs, Afternoonified, out now. Go get it. Uh, follow them on the Twitters. Follow them on the Facebooks, all that. Send them a message. Say you checked out the interview, whether you enjoyed it or not. Uh, leave me some feedback. That would be awesome. Uh, rate and review, I think, is the term people use. Um, go onto the iTunes site, uh, onto the DJ Force X page, and write a little review. Um, whether it's just about the bands or if it's just about the podcast in general, that would always help. Uh, I'm looking for more. Uh, I know a lot of you have downloaded these shows, um, and I just like that. Uh, if you can do that for me, it means I can um, publish this podcast out or get more uh, guests on because um, I'm looking to try and book some some artists and I'd like to have a lot of reviews just to show these people to say look it gets reactions um, so if you could do that uh, that would be absolutely awesome so then until next time this is DJ Force X out <laughs>